Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude and over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. Hello, friends. We are back, and I have Rachel Mystery for a conversation today. And this is an exceptionally exciting guest because Rachel's my first teammate. So I've been sort of teasing this out on Instagram that I've brought on somebody else to help with one-on-one services. And this is the big announcement. It's Rachel. So I will pass the mic in a second so Rachel can tell you a little bit more about herself. But um, Rachel was one of the first people. Um, she's in our the beta group of the Functional Nutrition Academy Practitioner Certification. So that is the academy that I've created to train other clinicians. And Rachel's a registered dietitian. She's specializing in functional medicine. So she's currently going through IFM. She's going to be a a, a grad of my training and is just really well aligned with the Aaron Holt health philosophy, which is really important to me. If I was going to pull somebody onto my team, it was somebody I really vibed with and that I thought, you know, all of our, uh, all of our listeners and customers and all of that would also vibe with. That was the most important thing to me. And Rachel does really good work. I trust her explicitly, which I can't say about a a ton of people. So I'm really, really stoked to have Rachel here. Um, She's had several years of clinical experience working in a very prominent functional medicine clinic. So we're quite honored to have you here, Rachel. Thanks, Erin. I'm really excited to be joining part of the team, and I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Um, Like you had mentioned, I am a registered dietitian. I have gone through training with the Institute of Functional Medicine, and then most recently, I have been participating. I think we're about halfway through the Functional Nutrition Academy at this point in time, maybe a little bit more than halfway. And overall, being part of your academy and the program. It's been such a good experience. It's really helped bring all of my knowledge full circle and kind of present it in a way that is applicable to patient care. So it's been awesome. I have really enjoyed the whole process and I'm excited to chat with you more today. You were definitely one of those people that I was like, "Mm, is she overqualified for this, (laughs) for my training? So it's so nice to hear that you've been getting such great, um, great takeaways from it. And by the time that this airs, you'll be three quarters of the way done. So more uh-huh. than you think. Time just flies when you're having fun, Rachel. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, all right. So today's episode is going to be a, a back to basic episode. Um, I've been in recent 
in recent, I don't know, months, years of this podcast, diving into higher level topics and concepts, which is what I really like to do. But one of the tenets of my functional nutrition academy is you cannot over, you can't skip over the basics. Like you don't get to access the high level interventions without doing the basics. The basics are everything. So you build on the basics. And one of the basics in my eyes is obviously eating a whole foods diet, but home cooking. That's one of the best things that you can do for yourself and your family from a health perspective. And um, I've just noticed an uptick in people asking about cooking and just feeling very overwhelmed by cooking meals for themselves. And we really want to I think my goal and your goal too, Rachel, for this episode is to demystify some of that and to make home cooking feel a little bit more approachable. And so the way that we're going to do that is we we both put calls out to our audiences to say, hey, what are the biggest obstacles you have? What are your biggest struggles with being in the kitchen and cooking meals? So we're going to speak to all of those things. And I thought you were a great person for this conversation because you've been talking a lot about food and recipes. I mean, that was kind of your original, well, while you were in grad school, it was your original thing was sort of a food blog, right? Yes. 100%. My Instagram definitely started off with sharing recipes that were realistic for me while I had a busy grad schedule going on too. So I completely can resonate with some of people's drawbacks or some of people's, um, the things that hold them back from cooking more. I completely understand too. Before we get into all of our hacks and tips and kitchen strategies, we got to shout out our show sponsors that make this show entirely possible. I'll start with Organifi because their powders, one of the questions that came in is about fruits and veggies and like, how do you get in enough? And we're going to talk about, Rachel and I are going to talk about food first strategies as a way to do this. But one tool that I keep and carry around in my backpack of tools are these Organifi powders. They are food-based powders. So actually the founder was like a super duper juicer and loved the benefits of juicing and getting it access to all this variety and realized that people weren't really taking the time to put in to juicing. I'm raising my hand as I say, say this because that is one thing that I've never been able to do. Like the thought of juicing and then cleaning the juicer like I can't even. So he developed these powders, which are awesome. You can check out their Sunrise to Sunset bundle if you go to Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com forward slash funk. You will save 20% off of their uh, Sunrise to Sunset bundle. And it kind of breaks up their powders to morning, noon, and night. So the morning, they recommend the green juice, noon, the red juice for energized. That's how I use it. I always drink it after my, um, if I'm not doing a matcha latte, I am doing the red juice after my lunch, especially if like to kind of reboot the system before my afternoon work. And then the nighttime they call relax, which is the gold powder. It has all the feel good things to make uh, golden milk and the turmeric and all the good stuff. So you can add those to your tool bag as a way to get in extra nutrition, extra variety, extra feel-good herbs, highly recommend. And you you have, I always learn some like really good tips. Even the, um, you did a reels about putting a piece of uh, paper towel in when like those big plastic tubs of greens to like, I, I get so ragey when my greens turn swampy. Like if I go in for a salad and there's swampy greens, I'm like, 
I like lose my shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, this is a really good practical tool for me. Um, but you have a lot of really good ideas. So let's talk about the very first struggle, which is time, right? People mm-hmm. feel like they don't have the time to cook, whether they're getting home late or they're tired or, you know, I, I talked with a lot of moms who just have kiddos and they're like, I, this feels like a struggle, the time piece. So why don't we talk about that first? Oh, absolutely. I can definitely resonate with the time piece being a struggle for sure. I feel like the first thing is identifying where are you finding time being the biggest struggle? Is it time actually spent in the kitchen? Is it time spent chopping and preparing your foods ahead of time? Or is it heading to the grocery store and the amount of time it takes you to drive there to make your grocery list, to pack up the car, to load up the cart. And then even for me now, recently, well, not even recently, there's still lines, pretty long lines to get into the grocery stores here in California. So what I have found has really helped cut down time for myself and some of my clients as well as, as silly as this may sound, writing your list out for your groceries before you go to the store in the order that you walk through the grocery store. And so I know when I get to my grocery store, it starts in the produce section and then we move into the refrigerated goods. And then there is the canned goods and the nuts and the seed aisles. So when I'm planning my list out, I have that mental route of the grocery store planned out in my head and I'll write it out in that order just to take some of that mental stress off. And that, that that prevents you from going back and forth, back and forth across the store, especially if you've got a full cart of food or if you're lugging a bunch of kids around or family around too. It, I know it can definitely not be fun to spend hours in the grocery store. Um, something else that has really, I've seen an uptick in as well, has been the ability to order online and pick your groceries up at the store. Have Have you done that since? Yeah, I have a little bit of an internal struggle with it because <laughs> um, so I can now order from Whole Foods. We don't have a local Whole Foods, but there's a there's one about 35 minutes away and they okay. do delivery. And I live like in the woods, so nobody <laughs> delivers to us. So this was a game changer. <laughs> but I just feel like from, you know, from an, an environmental standpoint, it's not ideal, but I'm giving myself a pass because my life is so... Uh, my schedule is no longer allows me to go to the grocery store. I'm just going to put it that way. So I was literally thinking about hiring a personal assistant to do my grocery shopping for me. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, this is the perfect solution. So I have been utilizing that and they're definitely popping up more and more in -hmm. our area as well. And even something that I did recently for the first time was I placed an online order at Whole Foods. I picked a I scheduled a pickup time and date. I just pulled into the parking lot and they brought it out to the car as well too. And the caveat with that, of course, is you don't get to pick, you don't get to like touch all the produce and decide which avocados you want. (laughs) Things look good. But if, if time is a big issue, that's where I found it can be really helpful for some as well. And then those delivery services are those, I think I've seen you've done Thrive Market before on Instagram. I think I've seen you do Thrive. Totally. Yeah. Um, Like Thrive Market, Instacart and Perfect Foods. I know that these aren't readily available 
everywhere, but I can tell you personally, I was skiing out of town a few weeks ago and we are regularly signed up to get our imperfect foods delivery. And I got back into town late Sunday night, did not want to the gro- want to go to the grocery store. I'm not even sure if grocery stores were open by the time we got back, but it was nice because I already had my imperfect foods delivery scheduled for Monday morning. So it came while I was at work. I was ready for dinner at night. So don't let my, my big goal is like, don't let going to the grocery store be something that holds you back too. Um, yeah. And I would say that I would, I would never have been the person to say going to the grocery store holds me back <laughs> mm-hmm. until this year came. And I'm yeah. like, definitely, this is actually an obstacle. Um, and I, one thing that I'll throw out, because I think it's so important to support local farmers when you can that mm-hmm. when I go to, I, I have on my schedule to go to our, one of our local farms, like once every couple of weeks or, you know, once a week or once every two weeks. And I just stock up on meats and different types of things. And I keep them in my freezer too. So that way I'm buying my meats local. That's sea, seafood and meats like always have to be local for me. That's like mm-hmm. one of my kind of pillars. Um, and so that's the way that I do that without feeling like I'm going to like a hundred different stores every single week. I like do it. I get a big order, keep them in a, in the, the, the freezer. And that's how I make that work. No. And I, I love that idea too. And I think on that note, something to keep in mind too, is there t- tends to be a stigma around frozen foods in general, even just frozen produce items. And one trick that I've seen and that I've, I actually saw this from Liz Moody on her Instagram account. And it was, she took a bag of frozen chopped broccoli. She roasted it in the oven at 400 degrees, no olive oil, no spices, nothing on it for 10 minutes. And that basically took out all the water. And then she took it out of the oven, tossed it with a little bit of oil and some spices. It was seasoned and she threw it back in the oven for 10 minutes. And that was the, I've tried it and it tastes just the same as if I had bought a head of broccoli, cut it up into florets and roasted it and prepared it myself with a lot, lot less time. And so keeping foods on hand, like the meats in your freezers or fruits for smoothies or those frozen pre-cut veggies are another great way that you can cut down on time in the kitchen without sacrificing nutrition as well. These are the life hacks we all need right now. <laughs> is that that broccoli pro tip? Is like this is what we're all living for. Um, it may, it's, I'm thinking about this as we're talking, but I used to, and I haven't done it in a long time. I don't know why. I used to always keep frozen shrimp, so it was easy to find wild caught frozen mm-hmm. shrimp, and you can defrost that in like minutes. You know, you just run mm-hmm. it under hot water, and so then you have because that's the trick for me is like making sure that I have protein defrosted Mm -hmm. in time. (laughs) Like that's the, that's the trick. So in terms of protein, that is a good hack. Having frozen shrimp. Another one is keeping canned salmon because you can make salmon cakes. I have a recipe on my website. Um, what are other, can you think of other ways? Hard boiled eggs are always a good go-to, but I usually eat those for breakfast or lunch. So I'm trying not to, you know, I don't do a ton of eggs for dinner. What are some Mm -hmm. other easy access protein? Well, I've even done, and you mentioned the canned foods too, and I feel like there's this also this stigma out there in some communities where canned foods are a little bit off limits, even when it comes to beans. And a lot of people feel like I need to be 
sprouting my beans and soaking them overnight if I really want to do this health thing right. And I think that barrier can hold a lot of people back in the sense of, okay, well, if I want to eat beans, you know, I, it's going to take me a few days to wash and rinse and soak <laughs> my beans. And so having, I have canned chickpeas on hand. I have canned, uh, well, actually not canned anymore. I have those little, they look like the soup containers, kind of the cardboardy plastic containers that they have now, but I have those on hand just for busy, quick nights too. Um, something I've been doing as well when I'm really in a rush is the, I have bonza or those plant-based pastas on hand where I can boil some of that. And if I don't have meat defrosted, at least I have my bean-based pasta that I can throw together a meal from really quickly too. So we, that's yeah, something. We do bean pasta once a week at least. Yeah. Um, that's a really good, I'm really, I like edamame pasta. There's this, I can't think of the, mm -hmm. the brand name, but it's organic edamame. They also make organic black bean pasta. And I like it because it's just beans for folks yeah. who like, don't love to do the, um, the grains. Um, I don't mm -hmm. always do awesome with grains. So I, I love, love that too. And then the bonza is a good, is a good option. So that's a great idea and totally what you said um about the all of the soaking and the sprouting and how that can be such a barrier to entry like if we think about we could go all the way and i i try to help people understand that like some people do need to do that some people do need to do that from a health perspective i'm mm -hmm. thinking about people with with autoimmunity that are that's not in remission right that are having active flares yes. might be need to be more conscientious with how they prepare their food or whether or not they eat grains and legumes but that's not the that's not the majority of the population exactly and i think that there are so many recommendations out there that sometimes it's an overwhelm of information and people don't know what to do with it. And they feel like, well, if I want to get cooking, I need to soak my beans and I need to be grain free and everything needs to be organic. And I can't eat anything in a can or frozen or anything like that. And that's where just the basics of getting back into the kitchen and experimenting with simple, easy recipes can be prevented. So, that's my that's my caveat. I feel like I chat with a lot of people about that too. Like, don't let that hold you back right now. Like, you know, going out and grabbing takeout or fast food, I'd much rather you get in the kitchen and like tinker around with it, see how it goes. Um, it's like that idea of don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Yes, <laughs> that's much more eloquently put. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the way you said it too. So um, let's talk about if, if the barrier to entry is actual cooking time, what are your mm -hmm. strategies for that? Um, big thing is I would take a look at your week as a whole and determine what nights of the week are busier and potentially slower for you. If you have meetings or you know you're going to be getting home from work late, or if your kids have commitments, I know that soccer practice is still out in certain states and counties. But in general, if you know that, okay, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have to take the kids to soccer practice or to a certain commitment, then plan your cooking days around that. Plan it for days when you don't have as many things going on. And don't be afraid to double or triple the recipe. I know a lot of recipes out there, they're for a family of four, a family of five, and 
leftovers can be a game changer as well too. And so booking in your cooking nights or scheduling in those cooking nights for those off nights or those slower nights, make an excess or an abundance of food and then you've covered yourself for the night that you do have those commitments as well. Um, and something I really like, I don't know if you've experimented with these, but the sheet pan meals, those single pot meals, have you seen those going around too? Yeah, I think they're phenomenal for mm -hmm. families. Absolutely. And sheet pan meals, I love doing, I've done like a simple salmon, asparagus and potato sheet pan meal. I've gotten more elaborate with some nitrate free chicken sausage, bell peppers, onions, um, broccoli and you know, tossed it with some spices and some oil and roasted it for 25, 30 minutes. Those have been real game changers for me on busy nights. And then something else I encourage a lot of people to look into would be either getting even a crock pot or getting an instant pot so that you can dump some ingredients into your crock pot and you can come home from a long day or a busy day and you have dinner prepared like it's still kind of soup and stew season right now so something not to shy away from as well we ate chili so so much this past these past few months because it's been a busy few months wait one thing that i want to say because i want to talk about the instant pot for one second but um yeah. just to go back and define sheet pan meals in case yes. somebody's like what is that it's just basically everything you're gonna eat is cooked on one pan essentially right yes <laughs> yes. yes that's um, how i roast my chicken too so if i'm roasting a full chicken i cut up you know lots of roots like uh, parsnips or sweet potatoes or white potatoes or onions or whatever we're going to make and i put it on the bottom of the pan and then i just put the chicken carcass on top and shove it in the oven for like 90 minutes mm -hmm. and it's all it's a one-stop shop <laughs> exactly and i think too there are tons of different examples um just like different proteins grab your starches grab your veggies and experiment with the spices i should mention too that having a well-stocked pantry or a, excuse me a well-stocked spice cabinet is almost i don't want to say it's an essential but it's a good way to keep things interesting you can cook the same meal and the same base ingredients with different spices and it will taste different every time it'll keep things interesting too um perfect uh that's a really good idea as far as the instant pot goes, I don't know if you hear this a lot, Rachel, but I certainly do. People are so, they have one. They're like, I went mm -hmm. ahead and I bought myself an instant pot and it's been sitting in my <laughs> kitchen for a year because I'm so intimidated by using it. And I felt the same way. And mm -hmm. so people are always asking me about like hacks. I'm like, I literally Google whatever I'm about to cook in an instant pot. Mm -hmm. I type it into Google and then I find the answer. That is... <laughs> I don't, there's not like a secret to the success. I think you just no. have to go for it. I would agree with that completely. And the reason that I like the Instant Pot so much is when I do make chilies or something with a meat in it that I'm wanting to saute beforehand, the Instant Pot, you can set it to the saute setting, you cook your meat, and then you can switch it to the slow cooker setting or the pressure cooker setting and toss the rest of your ingredients in there as well. I had to Google so much when I first started using it. And you know, it's, it takes, two seconds to Google, just type in a sentence on Google. Um, I make shredded chicken breast in there. I cut, I throw in some chicken with some broth and pressure cook it. And that's shredded chicken for the week or for a few days. I will do, you can make hard boiled eggs in there. You can 
even roast, not roast sweet potatoes, but you can pressure cook sweet potatoes to where you have this prepped potato or a ton of prepped potatoes ready within 10, 15 minutes. But don't be afraid to Google and start digging into what whatever you want to make in the Instant Pot as well. I always make my rice. So I'll do rice yeah. with with broth and ghee and mm-hmm. my my brother him and his wife and their new baby came over maybe like a couple of months ago I forgot and we made them supper and um he kept everything every meal we made because they stayed for two days every meal he was like this is restaurant quality meal <laughs> and he was like how did you make this rice I'm like it was just the instant pot it was so easy but I'm curious about the shredded chicken because I feel like I haven't mastered that yet because there's always mm. extra liquid do you have to like drain out your li- <laughs> do you have to drain out your liquid when you're cooking when you make shredded chicken or no I'm going to briefly interrupt this conversation to highlight one of our show sponsors, BioCult. Gotta love up on my show sponsors. I am super committed to continuing to bring you all free content about health and nutrition that's pretty heavily researched, pretty well organized. I utilize not only research, but 10 years of clinical experience to highlight some of the uh, biggest topics that I see in the field of health, um, the biggest issues that I see. So you have a clear understanding of what to do with all of this information. But the way that I can keep showing up week after week, especially three and a half years in, is by uh, being supported by our show sponsors. And BioCult is one of them. Um, one of the top questions that I get asked in my in my practice is about probiotics. You know, there's a lot of buzz about probiotics. I'm actually currently creating content for the Functional Nutrition Academy, my 12 month um, mentorship for nutrition professionals. And I'm so deep in the research of probiotics right now. And it's super cool how we've been able to take our research and narrow it down to individualized strains of probiotics. So we've got a strain for this and a strain for that. And I just think it's so fascinating. And this field has come so far in such a short period of time. But as a general recommendation for most people, I am recommending a broad spectrum probiotic with many different strains. And so BioCult Boosted is definitely one of the top recommended products in terms of probiotics that I use for the vast majority of people. So Highly recommend checking them out. If you're looking for a good quality probiotic, you can head to their website using the link in the show notes, and you can use code FUNK15, and that will save you 15% off of your entire order. They have lots of different types of probiotics, um, so you find one that works best for you. Like I said, my my favorite happens to be the Boosted, but you can use that code for anything you find on your website. So here's to happy and healthy guts. So I've made it, I've done it a couple of different ways. When I do it on the slow cooker setting, I'll cover it with the broth, just enough broth to cover the actual chicken breasts or tenders. And then I will take the chicken out and it'll be fork tender. And then I, I will pull it off. And there's still some liquid left in the, the crock pot or the instant pot. I just drain that off when I'm done with it. And what I have found, some people have mentioned to me that when they prepare chicken, for the week ahead of time that by day three or four, it can start to taste a little bit old. And that's where I would recommend reserving some of that broth and the liquid it was cooked in to store in a Tupperware or a glass container with the chicken. It can help it stay fresh longer too. But 
I've done it on the in the instant pot. I've done it in the crock pot, and I've even done it on the stove top. Before I had an instant pot, I would just boil some broth and throw the chicken in there for like 25 minutes while I was doing other things too, and then it would shred afterwards. Okay, that's good to know. And then there's always the option to just make extra too. I mean, that was kind yeah. of your your point, right? Exactly. Like make extra, double up the recipe. Um, what some people find works well for them too is not necessarily adhering to specific recipes every single day of the week, but maybe you just start by purchasing supplies. Like you buy your chicken breast, you buy your your rice or your bean-based pasta or sweet potatoes as, as your starch, and then you pick a handful of different veggies. And it could be, how do I want to combine these ingredients today just to have your protein, your starch, your veggies? And if you want to throw some avocado on top, great. If you want to throw a dressing on top, great. It doesn't have to be something from a recipe book or something from Pinterest every single time that you cook as well. I mean, I literally never cook from a recipe book or yeah. from Pinterest. I'm just throwing things together. And mm -hmm. I think one of the... Um, Number one, my mom cooked growing up. So I think that makes a big difference is when you're yes. exposed to it. Because there's a lot of people that I find that have fear around going into the kitchen because they're like, I don't want to, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to combine flavors. I don't know how to do things. And I think just being around or being brought up in an environment where that was always happening, like I didn't have that fear. I also grew up watching, um, like in high school, I, I would always watch the cooking network. Like I was obsessed with em Emerald Lagasse and would just always have that on in the background while I was doing my homework. And I think watching shows, like watching cooking shows kind of, I don't know, it inspires you and it gives you ideas in it. That's where I get, I think my creative ideas from is just watching other people cook. So that's an idea mm -hmm. too, especially if you're feeling like, Ugh, I don't know where to start. I think just going in and tinkering around, you really can't screw it up that much, especially if you're just, when it comes to veggies, I'm just like, you have to use fat and you have to use salt. And mm -hmm. if you do those two things, you're golden. No, exactly. And I hated broccoli up until like a few years ago when I started to roast it. I was like, I'd have it boiled, I'd have it steamed. I was like, this is just mush. And it wasn't until I started roasting my broccoli, everyone, I remember I was babysitting in grad school and the whole family that I made dinner for, they came home, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What did you do? I'm like, it was some garlic and some salt and olive oil, like simple enough, but yeah, all you need really is some spices and some oil. That I don't want to get too far off track because I know you have some good ideas about the kitchen, but there was um, a couple of questions that I got, and I think you mm -hmm. did too, is feeling overwhelmed with different in different ingredients. So like if you, let's say you are cooking based off of recipe or you're trying to meal plan by following recipes, all of a sudden you have this laundry list of fancy ingredients that people feel like they're a little too specific. Um, yes. And that can deter people from the sounds of things. And I, I think keeping things simple is, is, is really important, especially in the beginning. I would agree with that completely. And I have had people tell me, well, I didn't have those spices on hand. So I, you know, I don't have the spices on hand required for this cookbook. So it, it really held me back or those niche ingredients. I think someone submitted that they, they dislike those niche and specialty ingredients and spices that might require them to go to the store and don't be afraid to omit it or don't be afraid to look for those really simple 
five ingredient recipes, six ingredient recipes. I, I really like this blogger. You might've heard of her, the defined dish. She does a ton of recipes. She has a great cookbook, but then also just inspiration on her Instagram and her website. She has five ingredient, six ingredient recipes too, just for basics and beginners. Well, and so do you, we all, a lot of, there's lots of recipes out there. So checking out Instagram, checking out Pinterest, like looking for basic things. Don't be afraid to omit or skip over certain ingredients too, if you're not sure what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Like especially spices and stuff, you can, you can Mm -hmm. skip over those. Um, And then for, there was another question that came in and this is actually a question that I've, I've gotten over and over and over again over the years. People get overwhelmed if they have leftovers. They're like, I just feel like I bought all of this food. I don't know what to do with it. And now I'm like throwing a ton of produce out. And, mm-hmm. um, what I, there's two things that I do with leftover ingredients. Cause I don't throw food out. You will, if you see me throw food out, it is, it is a bad day. It's a bad day. Something bad happened because I will use every scrap of food that I have. That's like one of my specialties. People will be like, there's nothing in the house. And I'm like, I'm going to create a miracle right now. This is my time to shine. So the two things that I do with any leftover stuff. So let's say I bought dill because I cook uh, my, my, um, what is it? My seafood chowder, which is a recipe on my website. I do that about once a week and I buy dill for it. So I'll have leftover dill. So, or let's say I was making, you know, something Mexican inspired. So I had a lot of cilantro or parsley. I have a lot of fresh herbs. Those will get chopped up and added to a salad. Like you can, Mm -hmm. I kind of have, um, and I've been trying to share them more on Instagram lately, but I have these, you know, kitchen sink salads where everything goes into it. If there's anything left over, everything's going into a salad. You can, you can think beyond the lettuce and the tomatoes and the cucumbers and just chop up things like foods that you might've only eaten cooked, eat them raw, shave some zucchini in, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of things can go into a salad, um, or a stir fry. So that's another thing that I do for leftover veggies. I chop them up. I put them in a huge frying pan. And then my sort of go-to seasoning is Bragg's liquid aminos. If you don't do soy, you can do coconut aminos. I find that coconut aminos are really sweet. So I don't use them Mm -hmm. as much as I do the Bragg's. Um, sesame oil, those two flavors combined are like one of my favorite favorites. And then I always have fresh ginger and garlic on hand. So those four things, I mean, that is the base of a lot of my sauces, um, both from a salad dressing standpoint, but then also from like for another, you know, whatever cooked foods. Another go-to sauce of mine is I use, it's Thai kitchen and they make red curry paste and green curry paste. Have you ever used these? They come in little tiny bottles. Yes. They're really good. And the ingredients are awesome. There's nothing Mm -hmm. weird. There's nothing sketchy. So if you have, I always have those on hand and then I always have full fat canned coconut milk on hand. And those two things together are like, they make a really, really good sauce for any type of stir fry. It's kind of like a, mm-hmm. a really quick curry dish. Those are kind of my go-to sauces. Um, somebody did write in asking about sauces. Do you have any other like quick things? You had said olive oil, salt, and garlic is a really good. <laughs> I mean, that's like so basic, but it's so good. I love doing tahini, which is ground up sesame seeds. And sometimes I'll add a squeeze of lemon juice. I'll add some water to it if I don't have any 
lemon juice on hand, you can add salt and garlic to it and thin it out. I've added sometimes coconut aminos to it to add a little bit of a different taste to it, but I'll use that sometimes as a drizzle over roasted veggies, sometimes as a salad dressing. I've even made, I made a dressing with the tahini, balsamic vinegar, olive oil, and a few spices here and there. But the tahini adds a really nice creamy base where it can add more of a flavor profile to certain dishes as well too. I, I love having tahini on hand. That was the next thing on my list for in my notes was tahini. I use tahini close to every day. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with tahini. I love it. One of the, and I do similar stuff to you and I will do tahini and nutritional yeast together often because if you add tahini with like a little bit of water and then add the nutritional yeast, it kind of does this like cheesy thing that mm-hmm. I really love. And that is, um, we'll get to breakfast in a little bit because a lot of people wanted to know about breakfast ideas, but that is one of my favorite savory breakfasts. I'll do frozen cauliflower rice, throw it into a pot. I will add tahini. I will add some water just to, so it's not super you know thick and then add some nutritional yeast and stir all of that up with like some salt and pepper and then put an egg or two over it. It's really, really good. So Tahini, such an unsung hero, and it's so mm-hmm. awesome from a nutritional standpoint too. Okay, so I just totally like um, interjected with a bunch of stuff, but let's go back to the time piece because I know you had some <laughs> some ideas to help out with people if they're struggling with time in the kitchen specifically. Yeah, so in the kitchen in general, I mentioned the roasted frozen produce. I think that can be a game changer. Also, there's no shame in buying pre-cut vegetables, if that needs to happen, I know they can be more of an expense, but if that, if time is your restraint there, maybe look into getting those pre-cut veggies. I recently, actually for the past year, I've been seeing this like veggie chopper on Instagram where you literally throw, you slice your bell pepper, you throw it on here and you close the lid, which is basically, it dices your whole bell pepper, it dices your onions. It's, I can send you the link. It's like, on Amazon. It can significantly cut down time cutting veggies, but then also don't be afraid to pull in your significant other, a family member, kids to help you in the kitchen too. And not just while cooking, but also with the dishes. It doesn't have to be something where you are cooking the entire meal. You're cutting, you're cooking, you're shopping, you're (laughs) doing the dishes too. It's, it's, um, it doesn't need to be a solo act when it comes to getting into the kitchen as well. Well, let's hone in on that dishes piece because I had, um, I posted like an ask me anything, um, sticker on Instagram and this is a few weeks ago. And one of the questions was like, how do you deal with dishes since you cook so much? And I was like, I've literally never thought about that before. And I think I was really surprised by this question because for me, dishes are just a given. I cook my food. That's a non-negotiable. So of course I'm going to have dishes. So I've never ever thought about this as an obstacle. Um, It's kind of like getting gas for a car. I've never been like, well, I don't like getting gas. It's such an annoyance. So I'm just not going to drive my car. I'm just going to, I'm just going to not have a car because I don't want to get gas. It's like the same thing for me. I just, I would never say that I'm going to get gas because I have to do that in order to drive my car. I have the same approach about dishes. So if dishes is the thing that's like getting in people's way, I think we kind of need to reframe it. Like 
anything that you do, trying or any new habit that you're trying to build, in the beginning, it's going to be hard. And it's going to require some some change and change can be hard. But I think ultimately when it comes to cooking, we want to bring it more to a place of habit where you don't even think about it. It just becomes a non-negotiable. Like this is what I do. This is, you know, this is, this is what happens. That was kind of my take on that. Um, but I also know that you have some more practical, I'm more like change your mindset. And you're like, here are some (laughs) actual practical strategies. So, (laughs) So what do you, what do you say about the dishes thing? Um, I agree with the mindset. Definitely. Um, dishes come with the territory, but I also have to acknowledge like my, my fiance Taylor, I put him in charge of making dinner the other night. And the deal is he, he made dinner. I was like, I'll clean up. Like, it's all good. I'll do the dishes. And it was the most amount of dishes I have. The sink was full pot, multiple pots, pans, bowls that he had set food in, like while waiting to prepare the meal, multiple cutting boards. And you know, my suggestion is as clean as you go wherever possible, but then think about what pots or pans or cutting boards you can reuse. And I am not implying to reuse cutting boards that you've cooked or cut raw meat on, but one of the ways that I make sure I'm using less dishes is I will always cut my produce and my fresh ingredients first. I set those aside or I start to cook them or whatever needs to happen. They go on a sheet pan. And then if I'm chopping raw meat, I use the same cutting board. Whereas if you cut the meat first on the cutting board, you're going to need to grab another cutting board for those fresh ingredients, which may sound silly, but that's one less cutting board and one less knife that you're going to have to wash at the end of the day or at the end of the night. Um, If you're cooking things in a pan at different temperatures, like sometimes I will make bonza with ground turkey, zucchini, and some sauce. I will cut and cook my zucchini in the pan first, set it aside in a bowl, and in that same pan, I will cook and brown the turkey. And then the the bowl that I set the cooked zucchini in, we actually end up eating our dinner out of later that night. So it doesn't have to be this beautiful display of foods every single time. It can just be um, reduce the dishes where you can, but then also clean as you go. Like if you are waiting for water to boil, if your veggies are roasting in the oven or if anything's cooking, like grab a sponge, grab a, um, grab some soap. You don't need to wait to do the dishes until dinner is over. And I, I want to highlight that arrangement that you have with your fiance because we have a similar one. I do the cooking for just like 95% of the time I do the cooking. Mm -hmm. That means Scott does the dishes. And my mother-in-law, who is almost 80, so different generation, she said Mm -hmm. to Hattie the other other day, she said, back in my day, the woman did the cooking and the cleaning. And so Mm -hmm. Hattie and I had a little conversation about how our household runs things very differently. <laughs> that actually ends here. <laughs> that ends with me. And I'm also trying to, you know, as as my husband and I are a team and we try to be an example for our daughter of like the relationship that we would want for her, which is a partnership. And I, I, I highlight this point because I work with a lot of women and I work with a lot of moms. And I'm not a relationship expert. I'm not a marriage counselor, but I am a practitioner who who sees moms struggling, um, struggling with their health issues 
and struggling with their mental health and struggling with burnout. And it astounds me how many women truly believe deep down that their purpose and their sense of worth comes from number one, looking good, and number two, taking care of other people and making other people feel comfortable. And they truly don't believe that they should or they can ask for help. They would rather break their own back than put someone else out. I mean, this is truly, this is why I believe that autoimmunity rates are so much higher in women than they are in men. This is this is why, this belief that we can't ask for help. We have to deal with this all our, on our own. Okay, the family needs to eat healthy. Okay, that means I have to go to the grocery store. I have to cook and I have to clean up the dishes. This is all on my back. This is all on my shoulders. And we just perpetually put our needs on the back burner over and over and over again. And I, I would say that that can change. You can make active choices to change that narrative. And for me, I, I'm not the martyr. I will not self-sacrifice in order to play a certain role. I require my partner to be a partner. We are a team. We share responsibilities. We decided to create a family together. We decided to create a home together. So guess what? We do it together. And I just want to say that because a lot of people especially on Instagram, we're like, how are you pulling this all off? I'm like, I have help from my spouse. He's on the hook, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. not all me. I'm not doing all of this by myself. Now, if you're a single parent, that is a horse of a different color. And my hat, you know, goes off to you because that is, that's a lot. But if you do have a partner, are they acting like a partner, right? Get people on board. You gotta, you gotta get your partner on board. Right. So that's that's my one jump off that I have to say about it, just because I see it as such a pattern in such an obstacle. Like, yes, cooking healthy meals for your family is going to feel like a huge endeavor if you're doing it all by yourself. So how can you enlist enlist help in this situation? Um, what, let's go to breakfast ideas, because that was a that was a question that we both got a lot of. Um mm-hmm. And specifically, non-egg breakfast ideas. Um, so let's let's just talk about breakfast. No, absolutely. And I think breakfast is another one of those meals where if people normally struggle with breakfast or dinners, I feel like the most dinner at the end of the day, breakfast at the beginning of the day, if they're running out the door, if they have a busy schedule. Um, in terms of easy breakfast options that are non-egg options. I, I love eggs personally. I think you do too. Um, but over, overnight oats are a great make ahead option. If you tolerate oats, um, it's, you can make a big batch. You can make it, you can make it in your crock pot and then portion it out and reheat it in the morning if you'd like. Um, sometimes I've prepared them just in Mason jars in the fridge. That's been an option for me. Chia seed pudding. I also really like it's some almond milk, some chia seeds, you can add some protein powder, some flax seeds if you like, and pretty good. What I sometimes do is I will get a like a dairy-free yogurt, and I will mix in chia seeds into that, and it creates more of a pudding texture, more of a thick flavor. Um, add some berries, add some nut butter, seeds if you like. That's definitely an option too there. And then these are all something to keep in mind. These are all make-ahead options too but smoothie bags. So I know a lot of people, they like smoothies. They like to jam pack their morning full of veggies, but sometimes the time of taking all the different separate items out of the freezer can be a hassle. And so what I suggest is 
filling up stasher bags or plastic baggies or whatever you have around with the ingredients that you want to pop into your smoothie. Stick that in the freezer and in the morning, all you have to do is dump that into your blender with some liquid and you're out the door. And you can throw protein powder into the freezer, the veggies, the fruit, maybe just a scoop of nut butter and some liquid is all you need to add. So there's ways to work around this too, something. Yeah, and I think the uh, the idea too of um, thinking beyond breakfast foods, I think we can like get stuck in a rut or, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, I don't like smoothies, I don't like eggs, or I can't eat eggs. What do I do for breakfast? And there's a lot more options if you stop putting everything in the category of breakfast food. If you like heating up the last night's leftovers. I'm a big fan, yeah. especially in the colder months of like doing soups and stews for breakfast. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. off off the table either. Exactly. No, exactly. And I think um, breakfast can be whatever you want it to be. It can be snack style foods. It could be really, there's no label. <laughs> you don't need to follow a label basically. Absolutely. Um, and then the, the, the last big overarching theme that we saw was just lack of inspiration. And I feel like especially this year, we've, we've all had a year, right? And so mm-hmm. the overwhelm that I see th- right now with people is, is higher than I've ever seen it. And so maybe the thought of like having to like be creative in the kitchen is just one more thing that like is going to send somebody over the edge. So if somebody's feeling uninspired, just totally lacking inspiration, what do you, where do you send them? What, what are some ideas? Um, I send them to just other people's Instagram accounts. I really like the defined dish. Like I mentioned, uh, ambitious kitchen, minimalist baker, Rachel's Good Eats. Um, I know that they have had, there's a, a ton of meal delivery services out there, like Blue Apron and Home Chef and Green Chef or different <laughs> different random um, <laughs> meal delivery services too that I know some of my clients have used to just experiment with for inspiration. Um, it takes the hassle out of, of planning, of grocery shopping, anything like that. Um, and then of course, Pinterest. I can tell you, I scroll through Instagram all the time, finding new recipes on my account that I'm just pinning and saving on Instagram or saving on Pinterest. But if motivation is a or lack of inspiration is is the barrier there, I'd say, remember your why or remember why do you want to get into the kitchen? What is your driving force behind why you want to cook more? Is it saving money or do you have financial goals in place is something going on with your health are you looking to improve a health condition or are you looking to prevent a health condition too and once you have that motivation solidified then looking for that inspiration and tinkering around with some of these ideas that we've spoken with won't quite seem like such a hurdle but it'll keep you going I think that's such a, like probably the most important point of this entire episode is if you can take your goals and somehow link them to home cooking, how will home cooking help you achieve your goals? And you can anchor into that and you can remember that then all, like that, that's the most important thing because if you don't, if you don't do that, then I think any obstacle, any hurdle is going to become kind of like an excuse of why you can't like anything will derail you. Right. And that's true for any goal that you have. So I think that is, that is supremely important. Um, I know that you have to go so you can see clients and same here. So we'll wrap this conversation up, but Rachel, let me just, um, 
why don't you tell people where they can find more of you? First of all, if you're interested in working with Rachel or myself, you can head to my website, erinholthealth.com forward slash membership and fill out the application form there. Read through the page, see how we work, and then fill out the application form and we'll get back to you within one to two business days to let you know if you're a good fit and all that all that good stuff. Um, but why don't you tell people where they can find you on Instagram too, if they want to see more from you there? Yes. Yeah, so on Instagram, my username is radiate with Rachel. Um, I post, I think mostly recipes, mostly food stuff, some other health stuff here and there, but mostly recipes. I would say Instagram is the best place to find me. Super. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was a good conversation and hopefully we, we gave some people some, some ideas to sink their teeth into. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, hopefully this was helpful and we're open to feedback. All right, friends. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Rachel. Um, I feel like she's such a calming presence. I love listening to her voice and, um, if you're interested in working with Rachel and I, be sure to head over to the website. We'll link it up in the show notes. I also want to say that a big question that came in was about variety, and we just didn't have time to get into variety, but it is really, really, really important. So if that's something that you're looking to do, I highly recommend signing up for my carb compatibility project. We start May 3rd. So I run this program twice a year. So if you want to get in, you got to get in, um, or it doesn't come around again until January. But we utilize low carb principles. But the biggest thing that I built into this program was how to get in variety. Variety is how we feed our microbiome. Hard stop. This is a concept that I am lecturing about quite a bit in the Functional Nutrition Academy right now. So you get access to all of my thoughts about variety. We have to feed the microbiome. So we talk a lot about probiotics. And if you're looking for a great probiotic, definitely check out BioCult Boosted. They're a show sponsor. I love them. You can use uh, save 15% off by using code FUNK15. All that's linked up in the show notes for you. But we have to, we can't just throw in probiotics to our gut and hope for the best. We have to feed them. And the way that we feed those probiotics, those beneficial bacteria, is through variety. So if you need help with variety, if you need some hand-holding, join the Carb Compatibility Project. I got your back. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you got something from today's show, don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.